Good rising, good evening, and hello to all of our lovely listeners out there. We are the lovely ladies of the 1010 podcast. I'm Wyona, and I am here with uh, Tatiana and Ori. Hi. And today we're just going to do something a little bit different. Um, We're going to be doing an advice column where we have a bunch of questions that our listeners submitted to us, and we will be answering them here. Yeah, so this is this is a bit exciting because we always, you know, dictate the topic, but this time around, you know, we we gave listeners the opportunity to send in some questions, uh, to message us directly even, and um, ask some questions that they would like to hear our take on. At this point, you know, we have a lot of listeners that know that there is always a different perspective between the three of us. Um, so it's actually going to be kind of yeah, interesting to see where everyone falls on these questions. A couple of them uh, probably will get uh, kind of more in-depth answers, and a couple of them are, are a little fun. So to kick off, um, let's start with this is a good one. So I think everyone that sent in questions wanted to be anonymous. Um, but if you sent in this question and the upcoming questions, you'll know this one's yours, of course. So the first one is, uh, what did you think your life would be like when you were older? So I believe what the person is asking is when you were younger and you were envisioning this life when you got older, you know, all three of us are, you know, like late twenties, like mid thirties at this point. Um, what did you envision your life being? And so I guess what has remained the same? Like what things actually came into fruition and then what things are different than what you thought? Even if it's like 12 year old you, this life you envision, like what's on the money and what's not? Why are you not mm. coming for you first? Well, that sounds like I'm coming for you, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I always imagined that by at least the age of 25, that I would be, like a homeowner uh married and maybe pregnant with my first kid and I want multiple so that would be like my first kid and having a a stable job basically like having finished school and all of these things so um and and that was what I thought I would have be at the age of 25 and I'm 27 and I have a stable job so that's mm-hmm. good. Um, that's pretty much it. It's just like the way that people kind of framed life to me, they made it seem as if everything was going to be like easy. One, two, three, right. go. You finish school. You're going to get a good job. Bam. Then you're going to be able to afford to pay back the school and then pay for a mm-hmm. wedding and pay for a house and all these things. I'm like, that's just no. <laughs> that's no. Just absolutely not. I can't even begin to like everything that I want. There's it just costs like so much money. I'm like, it's gonna be a while before I get those things. But definitely working hard yeah. to get it. Isn't that amazing though? When you're younger, everything seems as though it would happen so quickly, so seamlessly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Or what about you? I think just like just like Wayana, I also grew up thinking that I would marry at 25, but I mm-hmm. didn't get married at 25. You know, um, I thought I was going to have six kids. I used to say that I would have um, three sets of twins. You know? Three sets of yeah. twins. Yeah. Oh. You know, and all that, you know, changed. I didn't get married at 25. 
and um, I'm definitely not having six kids. <laughs> and um, something else that I had thought that I would grow up doing was, you know, attending parties every weekend. You know, Nigeria is such a fun country. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be in America. So I thought that, you know, to, like at this age, I'll probably have a lot of, you know, I really enjoy Nigerian parties. I mean, you know, dressing up, wearing mm-hmm. really nice, the latest Nigerian fabric. And just you know rocking parties i'm not doing that quite yet but i hope that maybe in the, f- in the future at some point because i really definitely want to you know continue I to party that. hard and, and I, when i'm party hard it's like the owambe parties in nigeria so that's something that you know i thought i'll be doing at this age i'm not doing that yet and um what else i thought i would have I knew I was going to, I wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I went to med school, graduated as a doctor. Um, I think that was something I, I wanted to do that I was able to achieve. So you knew, you knew from an early age that yeah, medicine I, was for you. Yeah, I really wanted to, you know, to be a doctor. It was hard, but I, 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 I went did it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And for the listeners, so of course, right now with social distancing, we can actually really, we can be in the same space together. So we're doing this virtually. So pardon any audio glitches or anything you hear in the, uh, in the background. That being said, we're seeing, every, we're seeing each other through Zoom right now. And Ori is at the beach. And it's throwing me off because <laughs> <laughs> Ori's in Bermuda right now. And I'm just sitting here mm-hmm. in the city depressed because I don't, have, I don't have this background. That's really realistic, Ori. Okay. So, let me see. I asked this question, well, it wasn't my question, but I hadn't really thought too much about it. Um, when I saw the question, I was kind of waiting for the podcast for me to kind of think back to what I thought my life was going to look like. So I'd say when I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and I remember at 12, I had envisioned winning all my cases and you remember when like jc penny and sears had those catalogs and i remember <laughs> thinking i'm gonna buy my suits from like the jc penny catalog and just be like a badass and and have a you know this great law firm and so on and i think i, I wanted four dogs uh and i was gonna buy a, a ford expedition i thought that was the best fucking car and, uh, and I wanted to live in a raised ranch. This is really specific. The reason for that is because my uncle lived in a raised ranch and I, th- and I loved his house. So I thought, oh, I should get one of these for myself and then get this massive car and fit all these dogs in it. And uh, I mean, there were times, yeah, where, where I was thinking about having a family, but I think at that point it was more my own personal and professional development, I guess, even at that age. Um, so that was, yeah, when I was about 12, but then by the time I was 15, I realized I didn't want to go into law. I mean, law and many other things, it's, you know, you have to really love it. And I realized early on, because my mom actually worked for a a lawyer, I realized that a lot of time is spent looking at old cases and, you know, there's just so much reading and all this preparation that goes into the cases. It's not just being in court like it is on TV. And I realized that wasn't for me. Um, so yeah, really different in that sense. But 
I've always been really strong-willed and really independent, and I'm still that way. So in that sense, as far as, I guess, how I navigate through life, that's remained the same. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm looking through the questions here. Okay. I like this one. So what's the best way to be your own hype man when trying to change careers as an adult and not having a lot of experience? So I suspect from that question, the person's trying to ask, hey, what skills do you need to have to sort of reset your career path? Um, maybe not reset, but just start a new chapter that's really different from the previous. Um, I, can, I can go first. So I, I get asked this sometimes because, well, I'm in global health um, and I've done a lot of like pro bono research and different things. And so I've had friends that are looking into segueing into something new, ask me, you know, how did you get all these different experiences? How did you, you know, be like, make this really strong CV over time? And at least for me, working in research, I can't speak to everyone, but I found um, it's about being proactive, number one, and getting out there and introducing yourself to people. I've had meetings with people, even like UNAIDS, in different places where nothing came of it, but I at least opened the door for there to be an opportunity. Even if it's, you know, something brand new, I think everyone can can do that. You know, it's, it's really about being as proactive as possible. I used to send out um, emails to researchers that I'd find through my own research and, you know, whatever they're doing and just send them my CV and say, hey, I'm willing to do pro bono for you just to gain this experience. And... And I mean, I want to say a good percentage of my CV is because I emailed someone and then maybe either they offered me something or they connected me to someone. When I went to Ecuador, it's because I just emailed this research professor and said, hey, I really want to come to Latin America. I really want to help. What projects do you have? And then got my way in. So it's, yeah, I'd say my tip is really persevere and uh, mm -hmm. and really try and um, crack open that door, even if it's closed. And if you don't have that much experience, like I said, you can do pro bono stuff on the side and gain that experience. If no one's paying you, even if you're just doing something part-time in a new field, if they're not paying you, they're more inclined to give it to you. And then if you have like a few months of doing that, then that goes on your CV. So then when, when you go to apply for whatever job, in this different field, you can say, you know, at least I, I had this exposure. Of course, that doesn't apply to every field, but if it is applicable to this person who asked or to anyone listening, that's what I would recommend. How about you guys? I would say for me, I think I love what you said about just being very focused and driven. I feel like you have to be very goal oriented and always keep your eyes on the prize. Um, I learned when I was like in my teenage years, I learned about informational interviews and I heard that those can be really effective. Like you just make an appointment and talk to someone from executive leadership at an organization you really mm. respect, and like possibly want to join. And the person kind of tells you their 
career path well you ask them questions and that's what they say to you like their career path the different steps they took suggestions for you like what you can do I've been I've done a couple of those and those were really really good I don't always have like as much luck reaching out to somebody because people don't always like answer back but always always still keep pushing never give up and keep going that's definitely my suggestion yeah like you know like both of you I agree Um, I think the first thing for me would be um, like Tatiana said, just having a support system. I'm a religious person. So for me, religion um, is a support system for me. You know, the fact that I know that I have to like, you know, depend totally on God. You know, I pray mm-hmm. and I definitely network. You know, I make sure that I go on LinkedIn, reach out to, you know, folks and then surprisingly some would reply and then some wouldn't reply so i think the network piece is a really strong one everyone has to you have to think outside the box you have to do something that is unusual you know so that 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 piece is really important just knowing that you need that support system from friends from family from you know whatever gives you that that hope whatever brings up brings up a life in you it's really important and i think that the next one for me is just believing in yourself you know knowing that you can do it remembering the things that you've done in the past that you're successful at you know helps you to you know build that self-confidence and just you know strong belief that i can do this i have done something similar to this before so i can you know definitely do this one and the last thing you know is just basically motivating yourself just knowing that I will do it, you know, because you are just that person. You have to give voice to to that dream by yourself yeah. and, you know, just do it yourself. Tell yourself that, you know, you can do it. I will do it. Wake up in the morning and, you know, say positive affirmations. My daughter has some affirmations that she says from her school, but I find that it's helpful to me because I see it and it's like I approve of myself and I'm like, that's a really good one. You know, even as adults, we should definitely approve of ourselves. Even when people say that, you know, we're not, think that we're not doing so well. So I think um, those those kind of things have been helpful for me. I love that. And now I'm asking you guys a question. It's not even in the list. But now that you mentioned that, <laughs> do you guys have affirmations that you say to yourself? Or if you don't want to disclose it, because sometimes that's... Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, definitely. Every day, every day I say affirmations to myself. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I do. Want to give an example or no? Like, for example, I would say something like, you're beautiful, you're strong, you're going to get through Mm this, it's going to be a good day today, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I approve of myself, I'm smart, I can do this, you Mm -hmm. know. Like, even stuff like... Um, there is no death on my path, you know, gives me hope, you know, gives me confidence. Like, um, I can do this. I can do all things, you know? Yeah. I say those things and they are really helpful. Oh, that's really nice. Especially, especially in the face of, you know, a difficulty. Sometimes I'm about to knock someone's door and I'm like, wow, would this person listen or not? But I'm like, you know what? You can do this. You got this. You know? Like you said, yeah, it's all about yeah, uh, believing you, you have to say those things out. Oh, yeah, you definitely have to say those things out. Yeah. yeah, you have to say those things out and not just internalize them. Yes, you, you internalize them, but it's really important to, you know, voice those things mm-hmm. out. A bit of quid yeah. pro quo. Yeah. So uh, an affirmation that I use for myself 
is uh, you are the force the world put you here to be. That's, mm. oh, nice. that's what I remind myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, if you ask my family, they call me like a tornado. Um, not that type of force, because <laughs> I'm really clumsy and like, well, knock things over. Not that type of force, but just, um, yeah, strong world. Okay, so next question from another listener. Dating during COVID can be challenging. What are some tips on getting close or more intimate with someone while still practicing safe physical distancing? Good question. Wyana, do you have any any tips here? Yeah, because um, I feel like we're in a semi-good place now because it's like the summertime mm. and there's places that are starting to open up so if you just started talking to somebody like I feel like that's definitely a good place to start to spend time for the places that are open like there's some beaches and restaurants um that are open um that and also just remembering to wear your mask of course and when if you're going with someone I think it's okay to be like close to them but if it's meeting for the first time maybe you could still do the the six foot distance until like both of you are a hundred percent sure that you're like cleared or if you have access to a test get tested and just make sure that you're clear of COVID before inviting someone to your space and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Ori. <laughs> well, for me, for me, I feel like, you know, of course, if you, you have to do phone calls, Zoom calls and all that stuff first. And then if you if you want to meet in person with the person, you want to know where the person works. You know, is this person exposed? Is this person working from home? You know, those kind of things, have, you know, you have to think about those things. And once you decide that, you know, I'm going to meet up with this person, then you know, whatever comes out of it is, you know, <laughs> it's your business because, and I'm not saying, you know, you can't, you know, anger with people. Yes, you can't. But once you decide, you've done phone calls, you've, you know, tried, you know, to do Zoom calls and all that. And if you then decide, I want to meet this person, then, you know, that's no big deal. Meet the person. I mean, like COVID, COVID is scary, you know. I've met a couple people and... It's been, I mean, I live near a pond, so I, mean, I have a sort of, you know, nature setting nearby. And yeah, just do like a six foot. Sometimes you walk, maintaining six feet, um, just kind of stroll and chat. Um, sometimes, yeah, you kind of sit down and just, just keep that distance or sit on two different ends of a bench, which I think, you know, that's, that's one way. Um, I think yeah, it depends on their exposure. If they if they rarely ever leave their apartment, and they see almost no one, and then they're coming directly to see you, I feel like for me it, it's oh god, this is tough because I feel like <laughs> I'm gonna say one thing and it conflicts with CDC guidance. It's like, I feel weird saying, but it's um, I don't know. Try to maintain the distance, find things outside to do. Like you said, Wayana, right now it's summertime, it's easier. Pretty soon it's going to get, you know, cold again. I don't know what the hell we're going to do then. Because I think, one, we're going to have a spike in the pandemonium. Beyond just cases, 
if it does spike in, in the fall, which it likely would, um, the symptoms for the flu and symptoms for COVID are quite similar. So I think people are going to be freaked out when it's flu season thinking that they have COVID. It's just going to spike the pandemonium even more. So I don't know how people, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for you guys, you both live with your significant others. So you've locked yeah. them down. Um, <laughs> Not, not, not necessarily well, because everybody husband, still goes out. Like not there? No, not necessarily. <laughs> People still go yeah. out, you know. Yeah, so everyone is still at risk. That's my, that's my point. Like, you know. True, but when you live with someone, you know that, like, you know their bed is there. So regardless, they have to come back and they need to live with you. But it, why, it, why you laugh? It's true. Where else are you going to go? Anyway. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, so that's a bit of a tough one, but yeah, I guess just keep, keep the distance. Yeah, but if people want to, if people want to hang out, you know, with a specific person that they've been talking with over the phone for a while, they've done Zoom calls and they just think, you know what, well, let's you know see um, in person. I think people can. Yeah. Yeah. Communication is also very helpful. Just yeah. You. Just know how the what the person thinks about COVID. You know. Even having Zoom calls makes a world of difference to at least see someone mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. like, oh, texting yeah. all the time. Like, no, yeah. I just want to see your face. I want to see, yeah. I want to hear your and, tone. Yeah. And I feel like once people are able to like talk over Zoom or video calls, WhatsApp, stuff yeah. like that, they would have talked about all these things so that even when they meet in person, mm-hmm. you know, they know how that's going to be like and what's that's going to look like yeah exactly okay here's have you uh, sorry have you hugged any have you like hugged anyone um maybe family parents during this period i don't want to answer that because i don't want the listeners coming after me for breaking (laughs) covid regulations but Wayona, okay. feel free. Go ahead. Answer that question. No, that no, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Next question. So, uh, I really like this one. If you could hold on to one memory from your life forever, what would it be? Just one. Mm-hmm. Just one. But Ori, <laughs> with you this time. Yeah, I would, I would hold on to my, you know, my childhood memories. No, one memory. You know. <laughs> Just one, one single memory. Hmm. It was still in my childhood. It has <laughs> to be a memory from my childhood, maybe... like one specific isolated memory. Hmm. I'll come next. <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> Wayona, do you have one in mind? Well, I feel like I have two specific ones that come to mind. One is um, like every summer when I was like between ages, I'd say four and 14, um, it would be like my mom, my aunt, my sister, we would go and see, um, I had an uncle and aunt who lived in New Jersey. 
So I would go there every summer and they had like a pool and stuff and we would have barbecues and it was like this quiet suburban New Jersey neighborhood. So I really, really, really enjoyed going there every single year. Unfortunately, both of them have passed. Um, so like the house is, I don't know, probably resold by now, but definitely a very, very, very fun memory. And the other one, I know it's one, but I have to have to have to include this in there is also what I used to do when I was little is go to Six Flags every year. <laughs> oh, the look on Ori's face, and I'm like, yo, let's go to the second memory. <laughs> yeah, because you told me just one. Now why not is going for the second one? That's it's fun. only right, because it's a two. really I'll hard tie two. between the two. Please continue. <laughs> it's a really hard tie between them, so I'm sorry. But or, yes, Ori, pick two. Ori, do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> oh now oh i'll just pick one and i'll just say that maybe um just the day i had um my daughter or lua okay the day you became yeah. a mom the came the day i became a mom i love that, <laughs> I love that. um okay if i had to uh pick one memory it would definitely be actually one from a couple years ago and um i was at my uncle's birthday party so my i have an uncle who's essentially my grandfather uh my grandpa died when i was almost four and i've been attached uh at the hip with this uncle who um i was also like partly raised by um since i was really young actually before i can remember um so he's my adoptive grandfather, um, like I said. So a few years ago, we were at his, his uh, apartment, uh, his apartment with my aunt, and we were celebrating his, I think at that point he had turned 96. Oh, wow. Um, and so we all got together like we do, um, you know, to have a, a birthday dinner at his place. And it was right before I was moving to South Africa for some months. Of course, it ended up being a few months because of South Africa and visas for foreigners is like a nightmare. But at the time, I wasn't sure how long I was going to be gone for. And he's 96. And when I say he's one of the closest people to me in my life, I mean, like, without, without question. Um, he's been my best friend my entire life. So, so we're sitting there. Um, in these, on these chairs by the door and I'm sitting there and I'm hugging him pretending like I'm sleeping but I, I just had my eyes closed just kind of taking in the memory of you know just just hugging my Tilala um, which means Uncle Lala in Cape Verde Creole um, and I was trying to like make this memory because I was leaving and I think I was flying out a few days after that so I had a cousin who was sitting on the other side of him who is who is one of his actual grandchildren. And so he turns to her and says, you know, oh, count how many grandkids I have in here. And I opened my eyes and I looked at her and I said, you know, don't forget me. And then but he didn't hear me. So then my cousin's kind of laughing and she, she turns over to him and tells him what I said. And, um, and then I'll never forget, I'm sitting there, you know, still holding him, pretending like I'm sleeping. And he goes, he says in Korea, like, which means, yeah, she's a, she's a grandchild too. I'll never leave her behind. And when I tell you 
like my eyes were just watering up and it was the most like loved I've ever felt in my life. So I'd say, not trying to make this super deep, but that if I had to pick a memory and damn it to the person who <laughs> submitted this question, but that would be, that would be um, the memory. I, yeah, I can never afford to lose that one of all the memories I have. That's really nice. It's so sweet. I Aww. mean, I didn't mean to make this yeah. like a Hallmark movie, but it's the truth <laughs> of the matter. So, yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw this wild card question at you guys. Prepare yourself, Ori, for this question. Mayona, if you had to title your autobiography, what would the title be? Mine is probably not a set in stone title it's more um just perseverance because I feel like that represents a lot of the things I've been through in life it's just you have to keep pushing forward and you're always going to get thrown curveballs and the key is just to keep pushing through no matter what I love that yeah I would name mine Tatiana no last name if I could if I could go by one name in this world like Cher I would because I find for me I am my name and my name is me. It's really weird. I have like this, it's just sacred to me. It's also why when random men approach me out, I tell them my name is, I give them a pseudonym because you don't deserve my name. I, it's just that, it's that special for me. Um, and I find that my name just encompasses all of my quirks and all of my idiosyncrasies. I, it's just the one word explanation of everything about me. So if there's, if I have an autobiography and it's going into, you know, all these dimensions of who I am, it would have to fall under the umbrella of Tatiana. So, yeah. Or do you have, okay, or how about this? Let's say, let's say someone's walking into a bookstore and they see this book. It was written by you and it's about your life and they grab it off of the bookshelf. What would it say? It's gonna say that yeah. <laughs> I'll just say, um, I'll dance a celebration to that because I feel like I celebrate people a lot. I celebrate things in my life, and even when things are, you know, not looking pleasant, I still, you know, my my default setting is, you know, really to still find um something, you know, to be thankful for so i'll say celebration i love that see someone would open that book someone would look at mine and be like with who <laughs> it's like perseverance <laughs> and celebration and like, oh this is i'm gonna feel great about myself at the end of this and they don't know what the hell mm. they're gonna get when they crack mine open so mm, good call can i just ask add just a curiosity uh tatiana which what are some of the pseudonyms that you give to the random dudes who don't deserve <laughs> your name okay um <laughs> so um my main pseudonym is victoria and the reason for that is because my mom was going to name me victoria um before the name tatiana was thrown out there so it was originally my intended name so that's why i use it because it's kind of like in an alternate universe that would be my name and then my middle mm -hmm. name is ashley so sometimes i give people ashley but i my friends know i've been out at bars and shit where guys come up to me and I've, and I've told them, if I ever say to someone that my name is Victoria, 
don't contradict me. Like, let it go. Because it means that <laughs> I don't want to be bothered with this person. So. Oh, okay. Because that was going to be my next thing is like, okay, what if things start to take it to the next level and like you actually if want... You, if I told you my name is Victoria, there's no next level. I've decided okay. that you should not exist before my eyes. That's That's it. But in some rare instance where someone proves to be, you know, a cool person, because, um, you know, a lot of times it's someone who's, who's approaching you in just like a weird and off-putting way. I don't mean just a general, like, pleasant human being who comes at you. Um, mm. But for someone who surprises me, I would just let them know, by the way, my real name is actually Tatiana. Um, you know, and I've, and I've said that to people and they're like, oh, okay. You know, so, yeah. But that's how you can tell. <laughs> So I'm yeah. so curious because I used to do that too back yeah. in the day and the name that I would use was like it was diamond and I'm like I, I stopped using that when I came of age because I'm like that kind of sounds like a stripper name don't want to give people that impression yeah not <laughs> doing that so that is a little piece of memory from my childhood should... that I do not <laughs> relive I love now. that after lockdown we should go out as diamond and victoria <laughs> that is quite a duo. Make a fake name for you, Oreo. Yeah. But on that note, we will definitely be wrapping up this podcast. Thank you so, so much for everyone who continues to listen to us. We love having you all, and we will definitely be talking soon. So I hope everyone has a lovely, great afternoon. Good rising again. See you guys soon. Bye, guys. Thanks for the questions. Bye, everyone.